Well, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time it may be, wherever you are. My name is Craig Hagan, and you're listening to Raymond's Weekly Podcast. I'm right here with Tony McKinnon. We call him T-Mac, and um, it's another beautiful day in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma today. Beautiful day in Broken Arrow there, Dr. C. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he, he got his doctorate this uh, uh, this is the May the 18th as of this recording, May the 14th. Uh, yeah. Craig got his doctorate. So from henceforth, we shall call him Dr. C. Yeah. Do you rap? Do you rap? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was um, obviously his doctor of ministry degree. Now, I should have got the doctor of proctology degree. Yeah, but, yeah. But, um, you know, Because you do specialize in that arena. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, you know, it's um, I, I don't know if I really like the to be called doctor, but I did find out from one of our, my friends that he says, now the time you really need to use that title is when you stay at a hotel. He goes, I found out if you use, you know, doctor when you stay at a hotel, that they usually upgrade your room and all kinds of stuff, you know, especially now after the, the pandemic, because they don't know what kind of doctor you really are. I may try this weekend. Yeah, so you can just, just, just say you're doctor, you know, <laughs> so Dr. T-Mac. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, we're glad to, to hear from you. Um, if you want to send us an email, it's podcast at rhema.org. Or you can like us on Facebook and Instagram. One of these days when Craig gets some time, we'll actually put some pictures back on Instagram. And See, that's why I don't use Instagram that much because I don't take a lot of... Oh, we, we, I, we've been taking pictures here in Granny's Attic, but I don't put a lot of pictures up because I'm just lazy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to work on that. Yeah, I got to work on that, you know. <laughs> you know, one of these days when I get time, you know, when I'm not at Walmart or some kind of other convention, um, you know, normally I'm, I'm at some kind of function every night. I usually end my night at Walmart um, just because it's, I, I like Walmart at nighttime. It's always fun. It's, you know, Walmart closes at 11 p.m. now. I don't know if you know that. Mm. Um, so used to, me and the night staff used to get along real well. I mean, we, we, I'd, I'd go shop at Walmart at 2 a.m. sometimes because, you know, I don't sleep a lot. So, but... It closes 11, so I got to get there before 11, you know, because there's always something that our family needs, you know, at, at Walmart, pretty at much. The, at the night. not Bixby Walmart. At the not Bixby Walmart that we call Bixby Walmart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That doesn't require mask anymore. Praise yes, the Lord. Yes. So, of course, I haven't worn a mask in that Walmart for a long time. Yeah. But anyway, so I'm sorry for you people who like masks. Um, I, I just don't. I'm not looking forward to flying an airplane couple of days have to wear a stupid mask yeah yeah but it is what it is so you know you know but once again you can like us on facebook and instagram and you know you can let us know how much you like the program or don't like the program and please don't let us know you want some more women um but we are going to interview some women at some point in time whenever we get time <laughs> yeah. Because our guest today is not a woman. Not so, a woman. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't identify as a woman. You no, know. Be, I'm not, yeah. not confused either. <laughs> not confused. <laughs> anyway, today we, we have Reverend Kirk Dubois, um, Dr. Kirk Dubois, um, here with us this morning here on the podcast. And, and Kirk, is, he's worked for the ministry for a long time. One of our teachers works in the admissions office a, as well. And so he has a unique story. Um, you know, he... he well, I'll let him tell you your story, but Kirk, it's, it's great to have you here on Rhema Podcast. It's great to be here. Actually, this month I completed 39 years working for Rhema. Wow. 39 years. Yep. So, you know, man. So I was wondering, next year it'll be 40, so I'm wondering, did I do something wrong? I did keep going something? around this mountain. <laughs> <laughs> 40 years. Yeah. yeah um, 
actually um i've i've worked for the ministry full time now obviously i've worked for the ministry all my life but you know that was part-time when i was in high school and and things like that but i've i am um, i've done 30 years full-time at, at kenneth ministries and and actually i just i'm fixing to complete my 30 years of ministry so um it's actually 31 i guess i'm 31 as an employee full-time employee and 30 years in ministry as of june 6 or something like that so it's pretty awesome now um but tell us about you um you know your salvation experience but because um you know you you were you were a, a hippie right you know back in the 70s yeah i was born at a very early age in life and you're born yeah. at an early age. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now i was uh i've been saved 50 years this year so yeah. last March, 50 years, and I was saved during the Jesus Movement in San Diego, California. And, and tell so, everyone, because, you know, this generation doesn't know what a Jesus Movement is. <laughs> well, um, back in the 60s, it was a time of, we had riots, we had anti-war protests, we had... Well, it sounds uh, like today. Sounds like, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why <laughs> I think we've come full circle here, because yeah. we're, we're experiencing, actually, another Jesus Movement exploding right now, but... But it was, uh, you know, there was three assassinations. There was anti-government protests, racial riots, cities burning, drugs, and anti-establishment. And so that's the environment. The world hasn't changed. Yeah. <laughs> but I, and I was raised in a, in a religious, in a, a church that had stained glass windows and statues, but I, I never had an encounter with God. Now, I, I believe in God. I prayed every night as fire insurance, you know, cause just in mm -hmm. case my, I died, my soul yeah. to take. Yeah, I lay me down to sleep. And yeah. after I'd party all night, I'd make sure I say my prayers before mm -hmm. I go to bed. Been there, done Amen. But I didn't have an encounter. I didn't have a personal relationship with God. So during this time, I got in the occult. I got into witchcraft. I got into seances. A nice Mormon lady introduced me to seances, by the way. Oh, wow. And uh, so, you know, I was, I was experimenting with Ouija boards and all this stuff and involved with parapsychology. I had a bookshelf full of black magic, ESP, all this kind of stuff. But I can't come up. ESPN. Yeah, I, can I say but they can't tell you what the scores are going to be, though. So. You know, something about Ouija boards that they kind of sneak that in there because you know they put that in an aisle where where they have you know games, board exactly, games. Exactly. Yep. And so I remember I was at Skaggs Albertson, you know, way back in the day when I was younger, and so there was one of the, my mom. A lot of times, if I go to the grocery store with her, she would buy me some you know some little toy, usually you know usually a Hot Wheels car or whatever. So. But then one time we were there, and you know, and she's like, well, "Why don't you get a new board game?" So I'm looking at, you know, I already have Monopoly, I already have Sorry, I already have all these things, and I'm like, "Hey, mom, I haven't got this Uja game." Mm. You know, uh, you know. She goes, "You can't have that game." I'm like, "Well, what's wrong with Uja?" <laughs> well, didn't understand that Uja was actually a Ouija board, yep. and, it, and it was like a Parker Brothers game looked like, you know, right next to all the all the other games. So, yep, exactly. So anyway, I mean, that, that's kind of a way that people think, well, that's just a game, you know, whatever, but. I mean, to interrupt your story, but, but when I was in high school, there was a group that would take the Ouija board on the weekends and go to uh, some of the country churches and uh, use the Ouija board in the graveyard. You ever heard of such a thing? Well, yeah. I mean, they they they, they believe they're communicating with dead, you mm -hmm. know, dead spirits are guiding I never went. ghosts and all that, that kind of stuff. I, that was, I knew that was... I knew some of those people. That was the thing. Well, what's really interesting is once I got saved, I threw my Ouija board into the fire, and it shattered like glass. Huh. Wow. And so I, I was looking for God. And, and, and so, in all the wrong places. And all, I, you know, like that country western song, <laughs> looking for God in all the wrong places. But 
Uh, I finally got into witchcraft, and then I, I started going through this initiation process, but it was all anti-God. And I thought, you know, I'm not trying to be God's enemy. I'm trying to find God. So I backed out of that. And then mm-hmm. I thought, well, you know, I had all this stuff. I had Buddha's stuff and sundials. I, I had everything in my bedroom. My parents, you know, they just sort of closed the door and left yeah, me home. Yeah, you, you did live in San Diego, San Cal- Diego, yeah. California, that, so now you know. that explains it, right? Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, it's a good place to be from. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, but they I, do have nice speeches, you know. So I woke up one night in the middle of the night. Out of my mouth, I heard these words: "God is coming back soon," and it scared the fire out of me. Mm. And so then I, I, and then tracks were coming across my path. Then in March, or February 9th of '71, we had a, a 7.2 or whatever it was earthquake in California, and it scared the fire out of me because it's like the house was going to come down. And and so I and then I came across this paper that these Jesus freaks were putting out called the Hollywood Free Press, and it talked about signs of the times and earthquakes so it got my attention and so i read in there where these jesus freaks were meeting right so on a certain day i was going to go to this place and find out more about this jesus stuff and on that day i had friends that were um uh, overdosing on drugs and this and that and so i i had to you know take care of them so the next day i thought i don't care who dies i'm going to go to this place but i got back up two weeks though prior to that i was in the middle of a drug deal some of us, five of us crammed into a Volkswagen, drove from San Diego up to Laguna Beach on the old Highway 101 there. Well, that was a big thing, too, right? Cramming into a Volkswagen. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and so we went to a Taco Bell, which was the big drug hangout in Laguna Beach. And there was, you know, buying and selling drugs, hundreds of kids there. And I was, and I, I'd prayed the night before because of this. Now, now, for our listeners, every Taco Bell is not a drug hangout. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and that Taco Bell is no longer there, by the way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I prayed the night before because I was looking for, I said, God, if, you're, if these Jesus people are re- real, then have somebody talk to me while I'm up there. And, and so we're in the process of buying a bunch of LSD because we're going to take it back to San Diego and sell it. And so while I'm sitting there, there's th- five of us. So two guys go off to get the d- with the drug dealer, and, and three of us are there. And I'm sitting on the curb, and there's this little Mexican guy in a suit and tie, and he's passing out stuff. And, he, and it's like the crowd parted, and he walks right over to me, kneels down, and he starts talking to me about Jesus. And then this strange peace came all over me, and then he says, do you want to pray? I didn't want to say yes because my friends were there, but I didn't want to say no because I knew that something was happening. So he just grabbed my hands, and he prayed. And this peace, like Brother Hagin used to say, warm honey, just from the top of my head went all through me. And then my friend came back with the drugs. We got in the Volkswagen, and so two of us got out at Torrey Pines, you know, the famous golf course. course, Well, there's a beach down below, which is now, it's a a nude beach now, but back in those days, it was a (laughs) surf. So so note yourself, do not go to Torrey Pines (laughs) Beach. Do not go to Black's Beach today. Oh, yeah. But uh, it's, uh, so we we were going to sample the drugs, uh, you know, so I took four times as much LSD as I'd normally take, And, and, and he was acting crazy. I never got high. All I could think about, that peace was all over me, and all I could think about was that, that guy talking to me. And I had a, taken a Bible. I took a New Testament with me because that was faith, I guess. I didn't realize it. And so I remember sitting on the beach, watching the sun go down, reading the Bible. I didn't remember what I read, but I thought, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. So then two weeks later is when all this was going on, that people were overdosing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw this stuff going on. And I just took all my drug paraphernalia, I threw it out my front door, and all my friends ran out and were fighting over it. And I thought, I am done with this. I'm going to, I'm going to go find this Jesus tomorrow. I don't care who dies. So the next day, I hitchhiked over to this place where these Jesus freaks were. 
I always say two redneck, uh, two bikers and a redneck, because there were two bikers and another guy that were like a country singer kind of guy. But, <laughs> but they're all friends, living together in this house. And so I said, you know, I need Jesus. And they started going through the Roman road with me. And I said, you don't need to convince me. Just what do I need to do? So they prayed with me. I got saved. And two weeks later, I was baptized in the ocean in San Diego at La Jolla Cove. There. Wow. And wow. that began my journey. So at that point, you know, we just, thank God, I, I didn't have a lot. I had some religion to unlearn because of the situation I was raised in, but I didn't have a lot of other doctrine. I just, well, whatever's in the Bible, it's true. So we were just dumb enough to believe God, you know. <laughs> and so we were laying hands. If it, di- if it didn't move, we'd lay hands on it. If it did move, we'd cast it out. I mean, we just, <laughs> we just, we'd go to the beach, we'd witness. And, uh, and I knew in my heart that God, that God was going to send me around the world and other things that were spoken to me. I didn't realize the path that would, the path he would lead me on that would cause all that to be fulfilled. I'd had a lot of things spoken over me through the years. The the whole point, though, is that when God sent me here to Ramah, that is how all those words Mm -hmm. that God spoke over me began to come to pass. Going around the world, teaching the gospel, preaching, you know, ministering to the sick and that kind of thing. It all, it all really unloaded by me, by him sending me here. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you know, Kirk, you know, today it's really easy to find about Rama. All you got to do is go to rbtc.org, and you can find all about Rama. You can fill out your information there, and one of our one of our student ambassadors will give you a call and talk to you about Rama. Even set up a tour for you to come and visit us on campus. Okay, Kirk. You know, like I said, right now the easiest way to find about Rama is go to rbtc.org. But um, how did you hear about Rama? Well, um, it was back in the 1975 World Convention of the Full Gospel Businessmen in Anaheim, California. And that's the last time I heard of Catherine, heard Catherine Coleman because she passed away the following year. And then that's the first time I heard Brother Hagin. He was one of many speakers. They had Oral Roberts, T.L. Osborne, uh, Rex Humbard, uh, Catherine Coleman, Charles Capps, Kenneth Copeland. I mean, everybody was there. So I heard Brother Hagin for the first time. Now, I previously had read his Authority of the Believer book, the little thin purple book that I found yeah. in that first couple of years of being saved. And so uh, my wife and I, in 1979 then, uh, my wife and I actually, we got married in 79, but in 1980 we filled out the application in that little thin red uh, catalog back in those days. And we were going to turn it in, but we were working involved. We were involved at a, about a 3,000-member AOG Church in San Diego, La Mesa. There's Assembly of God, by the way, for yeah. people don't know AOG. Assembly of God. It was the second largest church in San Diego, and uh, we were the singles directors. And so I'd asked my pastor, I said, uh, uh, you know, we were thinking about going to Ramah. Well, he talked us out of it, you know, and I didn't realize until later that he didn't, he didn't, he wasn't supportive of the mm-hmm. Word of Faith message. But at any rate, uh, to make a long story short, fast forward, uh, we came out to Oklahoma and in 1981, later that year, and were involved in another city outside of Oklahoma City, trying to help somebody uh, with a church. But we kept coming up to Rama, like we came up to Rama for seminars. And uh, uh, then I got uh, laid off down there from working in the oil field stuff. And so we came up to Rama to to a seminar. And at that same time, we were reading How to Be Led by the Spirit by Brother Hagen. And so my wife and I were reading this together and, and going to the seminar, and we, did, and we could, by reading the book, it's like, yep, that's what God's doing. That's what God's doing. And we, it was a confirmation that God was dealing with us to move up here. So being that, you know, we at one time had our applications, never turned them in, I sort of figured, well, we missed our opportunity. But then it turns out I get hired here. And so I'm working here, and I didn't think, well, I thought still that I'd missed my opportunity to go to school. But I actually worked here seven years, and I thought, well, I, you know, I don't think I'll ever go. 
But after working there seven years, God dealt with me supernaturally. I was sitting in the graduation service of, in 1989, May of 1989. Or was it 89? Yeah. And so while I'm watching them, I'm sitting in the back of the arena downtown, and while I'm watching them walk the aisle, I had a vision in my heart, an inner vision. I saw myself graduating. And then after the services over, one of the ushers that we knew came up and he said, you know, I had a vision. I saw you walk in that aisle. And then some other things happened over the next few days. It just confirmed, okay, it's time to go. So in 1979, after working here seven years, we, uh, I, I enrolled in Rama and so graduated in 1991. Yeah. So. Wow. At that time, you know, you worked in the IT department, correct? You well, know? I first started in the housekeeping. I yeah. worked four years in housekeeping, and then I moved into IT, and I was in IT during that time. Yes, uh, actually, right about the time was we went on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I invented the the <laughs> Rama web page with Al Gore. <laughs> <laughs> now I remember you, was, you came to me. It and was said, a we lot need... slower back then. It was, it was a lot slower. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember, you know, Craig came to me and said we need to be on the internet. So I, back in those days, I studied HTML, and we lit- I literally typed in the first Rama web page just before they had all the the graphical interface and stuff. Wow. Yeah, I mean, so we we, we were pioneers coming small on small beginnings. Yes, wow. yeah, it was interesting. And in fact, David Butte just actually um, um, sent me a message the other day on Facebook. Yeah, and talked to him in a while. He he was over IT at that time as well. We we had some re- really unique IT meetings. <laughs> we did. <laughs> yes, and some Holy Ghost meetings too. Yes, yeah, so kind of the beginning of of the IT department here. We, yep. Like I said, despite not small beginnings. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, during the, the, from the 71 till the time I started here working at Rama, and there was a lot of supernatural experiences in my life. You know, different people spoke words, different people that God brought across my path to tell me to confirm the direction I was going. And like I was set, like I'd mentioned earlier, a lot of it had to do with going around the world, teaching the word of faith, teaching people faith, doing ministering in the supernatural. And you know, it's when, when I plugged in here that all of those things began to open up. And it's by being here, you know, and I'm not saying everybody has to come and work here for 40 years, but, I, <laughs> but it's, you know, being, knowing that I was in God's plan. Mm-hmm. And that's how, so sometimes, and I always had this thing because in the 70s you thought, you know, Jesus is coming any minute, so I don't have time to go to Bible school. Yeah. But, you know, and I know some people thinking, you know, that things are winding down. How do I don't have time to go to Bible school? No. You need to do whatever God tells you to do. And if Jesus comes and when you're in Bible school, then you're doing what he told you to do. Right. But, but in the meantime, we need to plan, and, and, and God needs laborers. There's not a shortage of harvest. It's never been a shortage a harvest. It's always been the laborers. That's right. And so Rhema is a place where, the la- where, where we answer the prayer where Jesus said, ask the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the harvest. And so I'll, I'll tell the students, you know, when I'm pe- teaching the class, I'll say, those seats that you're sitting in right now, our people that sat in those seats are now running Bible schools around the world, doing you know missions work and pastoring churches around the world. And you are an answer to that prayer, Lord. We need laborers in the harvest. Amen. And you know, and all the laborers are not necessarily full time you know ministry. I mean, you know, some people come learn more about the Bible and, and go back, you know, get involved in their local church and you know even even in business and you know, but they're still a laborer in the harvest. I believe there's a divine call not only to ministry but to politics and to business and to law enforcement and and I you know it's a, we need Christians in all areas of life not just in ministry. Yeah, but you know Christians are one thing, but Bible trained Christians yeah. are, are you know because there are a lot of Christians who don't really know much about the Word and 
you know, it is interesting if you come here to Rama just to learn more about the, the Bible. I mean, sometimes God does call you into full-time ministry, and so, sometimes he calls you into full-time a career, but you can still be a minister where, wherever you, you may be. And like I said, I think especially in the area of politics right now, we, 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 have, we need some Bible-believing, you know, tongue-talking politicians that, that are willing to stand up for our, our, our religious freedoms, you know, um, because there's so many of them who won't. Even though they might be a Christian, they're not willing to stand up for our, our freedoms, and that's why we kind of got to where we are today. Of course, Kirk and I are, are both involved in the GOP party you know, <laughs> pretty heavily here in Amen. Oklahoma. You know, and I mean, we, we do believe that that you know that we need to be involved in, in that, and even run for school. You know, we found out during this time that the, some of the most important people during the pandemic were the mayors, the city council, and the school boards. Yep, that's true. And, um, you know, I believe we need to have some, some good Christian people in all those, all those situations, you know, just making proper choices that are, that are not only constitutional but also go along with the Bible. Yeah, right. we, need a, we, need a, we need Christians that have a word-based worldview because there's a lot, of, like you said, there's a lot of so-called Christians. And, you know, I believe there's a lot of misguided ones. They don't have a worldview that's based on the Word of God. Yes. And one place you can get that here is at Raymond Bible Training College, rbtc.org. And like I said, if you go there, you can fill out some information. You can watch some videos we have there. Got some, another video working on right now. Um, and learn more about what's going on here at Raymond Bible Training College. So, so now you you graduated, Kirk. I mean, um, so um, give us the transition for you know. Then you started doing ministry stuff on your own. I know, and then you know, eventually you became a teacher. How 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 that all that happen? Well, I don't share this, and this is really the first time I've shared it publicly, but when my wife and I, when I started working here in 1982, my wife had a vision. She saw me teaching here, but we just kept that to ourselves. You know, oh, you mean you didn't tell everybody? No, I didn't tell everybody. And, you know, Very wise. I just thought, you know what, if that's God, it'll come to pass. But, you know, and it was, so I started in 82, and it was actually in 1999 that I was first asked to teach a class. And then, and then each year, the, more and more classes were added. And then in the year 2000, I'll, I had three things on my heart. I wanted to teach, I wanted to be involved in missions, and I wanted to be involved in the healing school. And over uh, that a period from 1999, they asked me to teach my first class. And then, then it was another class and another class. And now I've got like 11 or 12. I had 13 classes at one time. Yeah. I, they had mercy on me. I only got 11 now. <laughs> but then the either, next, either that or, or you found somebody else to teach some of your classes. Yeah, that's part of it, too. <laughs> but then, the, then they asked me, your, your father, actually, uh, Pastor Hagen, ran into me in the hallway over there at the admin building one day. I was on my way to lunch. He said, uh, he just comes out of his office and we meet and he says, he's with Pastor Tony Cook at the time. And he said, would you like to take a, uh, would you like to go to Columbia and teach at Rama Columbia? And I said, yes. <laughs> and so he said, well, we want to, you know, you, and so they sent me to Columbia to teach a class. Then it was, uh, I had a dream one morning. I woke up coming to the computer room, but before I came, I had a dream. I saw myself arrive in India with a team of people and the Thorats met us. Now, Brother Thorat and his wife, she, of course, she just went to be with the yeah. Lord recently, but they graduated with me in 91 in the pastor's group. So they're down there with Rama, India. And so I had this dream where I arrived with a team and they met me and we went to this two-story building. I went upstairs and sat at this long table and I sat with them at the head of the table. And then I had to hurry up and eat because I was going to go preach. And then I come to work. That was a Friday morning, I believe. And Joe Dunnett calls me, our missions director. And he says, uh, would you be interested in taking a missions trip? And I said, yep. 
And he said, well, we got two of them. And I'm thinking about India for you. And I go, yep. <laughs> He's like, I'm not dumb. I, you know, and, and actually it happened just like I saw in the dream. We arrived there. They, we had to rush to the ministry, went upstairs, sat at this long dinner table. I had to hurry up and eat because they had me scheduled to preach that night. And uh, so, but uh, the three things, you know, teaching in the school, involved in missions, and then healing school was the next thing. Then, then, then down the road a few years, a couple years later, Leanne, at the, our director at that time of the Prayer and Healing Center, asked me to be involved with healing school. And then so that all opened up. And, and so all these things are happening. I'm taking the missions teams. I'm teaching in the school. I'm working in the healing, uh, healing school. And then God's also allowing me to, to do other things outside, you know, on the radio, on TV, travel, this and that. But like I said, all of that, all those things that were prophesied, that I dreamed, that I had visions of, by being at the right place at the right time, it was the, it was the epicenter of me entering into God's plan for my life. And, and I'd have to say, you know, being here at Rama was the thing that, that started for me. Now, other people come, and they don't stay here and work for 40 years, but they go out and they start churches, start ministries, start businesses, and they're impacting the world now, so... Well, it positions you and not only equips you coming to Rhema, but it positions you to hear from God about what's next. And I think the first step in that is the yes to come. And you get that yes down on the inside of you, God can deal with you uh, and position you and move you and open doors and send you. I always, uh, you know, I was raised as a military brat. My, my dad was a Navy lifer. My mom was in the Navy. My brother was in the Navy. My sister married a Marine. So I thought I was born in an Army hospital in Hawaii. I was raised on Navy bases and went to school at Army bases in Puerto Rico. And, and I lived, you know, my whole life was surrounded by military. So I thought, I'm never going in. But then as I became older, after I got saved as a teenager, and became, I thought, man, I am so undisciplined in my life. I really wish I would have gone in the military. Mm. So what did God do? He sent me to Rama. <laughs> so Rama was my boot camp to yeah. learn to, to do some things. And it, it's amazing, like you said, um, how you know you had dreams and then God mm-hmm. God fulfilled that sometimes pretty quickly I guess you know when it comes to the well it didn't system. seem quick at the time you know because yeah. for many years you know I was just working doing housekeeping yeah. and computer and whatever but it's like I had these things burning in my heart but you know you were faithful and I think that's yeah. a lot a lot of us you know we we want a position but if if we'll be faithful into what we're doing right now I mean God God will recognize our faithfulness and I think that's that's something that especially this younger generation. You know, they want everything quickly, mm. you know, but, you know, they you got to be faithful in, in what you're doing. And sometimes we think about, well, well, that took 20 years or that took, you know, but when we go back, God's timing, 20 years is like a blink of an eye type, mm-hmm. type of thing, like just a, a few minutes when it comes to, you know, a day with the Lord is like a thousand years. I mean, you know, so if it's like a thousand years, you know, 20 years would be no, you know, no big deal, just a, just a few minutes basically i, I tell them every year you got to be a benefit before you get a benefit yeah, yeah. so serve i like to say there's no in and out burger faith mm-hmm. i mean it's, it's it's you know like you say you, it takes time and to persevere sometimes and you stand and and things happen yeah yeah it's you know, it's a pretty amazing so so you're teaching 11 classes now yeah, yeah. we're down to 11 <laughs> yeah and so um, you know that's you know obviously you're integral you know very, very integral part of, of of rainbow Bible training college and well, very, he works in, tell us, I mean, you, besides teaching, we all have more than one hat around here. You're, you're yeah, actually you can't in this work one job. You're yeah, in the no, school no. office. Over yeah, there. I'm, yeah. In, I'm the PM uh, project manager over there at admissions. I um, help the dean, assist the dean. And, and actually, I, I get all the problem childs, you know, 
Yeah. He's a disciplinarian. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. so if I know you really well as a Rama student, that's not, not always, not a, good always a good thing. Not a good thing. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. <laughs> that means you've been in my office a lot. Though. Yes. Um, <laughs> but he, we, yeah. he, he gets to get some people right, back on the right track. And the yeah. great thing about your background, you can kind of understand how some of these kids are, what they're going through, and you know, and, and you know, at Rama, we, we try not to just kick people out, but we try to help them. Yes, amen. And we, we try to we try to get them through, and you know, help them graduate, help them fulfill God's call for their you know their life, and you know, because a lot of times, you know, someone, you know, especially the younger ones. I mean, a lot, a lot of times, you know, you're you're not really grounded where you need to be. You basically just got saved, and you know, you're you want to come learn more about the Bible, but there's some. There's some natural things you need to really take care of as well, and so sometimes brother brother Kirk ends up to being one of your best friends. Yeah, that's whether, true. Whether you want him to you or know, not, I always say my family invented the word dysfunction. You know, we, I came from a messed up family, so I understand a lot of stuff that some of these people are going through. And I tell them, look, you know, come and talk to us. Don't wait till we find something out. Come talk to us, and we'll because we want to work with them, get right. you through these things. You know, so we've seen a lot of good stories, testimonies, people get turned around and turn into a man or a woman of God that's impacting the world positively. Well, we're bent on restoration. Amen. On damnation. Amen. Yeah. yeah and, and, and I think that's something that, you know, more Christians need to, you know, because at one time I will say here at Raymond, we were a little more strict. I mean, a little, little more um, <laughs> get kicked out for, for a lot of stuff. But, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I think that it's our heart to want to make sure that you complete God's plan for your life. And there are some times that we ask someone, you know, maybe, you know, maybe come, you know, well, let's get your life straight and come back next year or whatever. Yeah. But we want them to come back. That's the whole point. Yeah. We, we don't, we want them to finish. I mean, the whole point, you know, whenever, if God calls you to come to Raymond, we want you to finish here at Raymond, finish, finish your course there and then move on to whatever else God has for you in ministry. So, you know, it's, um, it's just, that's, I think, the heart of all our, all the, yeah, the teachers absolutely. here. And, yep. You know, and I think that, that we, especially, you know, Rama started out, when, you know, we used to have a, a little more older, you know, folks come into school. But, you know, with, with these younger, younger, a lot of these kids went to, went to college. It didn't really work out really well for them, and they end up here at Rama. And Some so, of them, this is their college, and they yeah. come right out of high school. And, they yeah. hit, and I think that's great. They should get a word-based foundation before they hit the, the secular colleges because they're going to need it. Yeah, yeah, more than ever. More than ever. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it doesn't matter how old or how young you might be, whether you're 18 or if you're 85. You know, if you want to learn more about the Bible or if you feel that God has called you to ministry, we would like you to get your computer out, get your smartphone out or your iPad or whatever device you, you might have and go to rbtc.org. Um, go to that website. There's plenty of information there about Rama, Rama Bible Training College. There's a video there you can watch. And, but more, most importantly, Give us your information. Let one of our student ambassadors give you a call and, and talk to you more about Rhema. Send you some more information. And also, you know, if possible, come visit us here at Rhema Bible Training College because, you know, it seems that once people come to campus and they see what, what, what campus is, is, is all about, that, that that's when they make the decision to come. And, and it's, it's life-changing. You know, there's so many stories we've heard um, and how it's just changed their life. And then... We've even heard stories or people, you know, they didn't maybe come to the school or they didn't come to the school immediately like, like Kirk did. I mean, they, they came here to Tulsa and Kirk actually got, you know, um, became one of our employees here at Rainbow Bible Training College, Kenneth Ministry, Rainbow Bible Church, you know, for, for many years. And then, but God, you know, had a plan for him and um, you know, eventually 
fulfilled that plan by by going to to Rama, and it's just a wonderful wonderful thing. And I, you know, it's it's awesome. So, Amen. you have any more things you want to say before we close today's program? Well, I would just encourage anybody if if you've got the slightest inkling, if if, the, if God is touching you, speaking to you, uh, you need to to step out of the boat and make make the move because um, when you when you take that step out of the boat like Peter did, and you're going to come to Jesus and you're going to be doing you're going to be walking in places that you've only dreamed about, but it all begins with a step. You got to you got to make that move. If if the Holy Ghost is speaking to your heart that this is the place you need to be. Just say, God, and listen, it, it, it's never about the money, how much you have or you know, how you can afford it, this or that. You know? we, we are America's uh, most affordable Bible. School, that's though. true. Yeah. I mean, you can't find anybody that's as cheap as us with tuition. but Inexpensive, but, not cheap. cheap yeah, not inexpensive, cheap. inexpensive. Yeah. Tony's but, cheap. We're inexpensive. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this. When God, uh, when they, and this is what the Lord spoke to me about when, when I needed to step out of some things. He, Gideon, the angel of the Lord appeared to him while he was in fear, hiding food from the Midianites. And the angel said, you mighty man of valor. And he said, who are you talking to? You got the wrong person there. That's my interpretation. Mm -hmm. But the Lord told him, you're going to go in that strength and deliver your people. And he said, how can I do that? I'm the least in my family. And we're the, I'm the poorest in Israel, but the least in my family, the least of our, least of our family. He said, two things. I don't have the money and nobody knows who I am. And God said, that didn't work for Gideon. It's not going to work for you. Listen, money is never an object with God. Stepping out in obedience is the beginning of your miracle. So if God is speaking to you, don't be, don't let the thought of how can I afford it or, or how, you know, what about my house? How am I going to get a new house and this and that? Don't let, that shouldn't even be an issue. That's the first thing should be God. What is your will? And once you settle that question, everything else will start falling into line as you step out. Yep. Get a yes. When you yep. say yes, he'll start working. Yep. Amen. Amen. So once again, if, if you or one of your family members, one of your friends or whatever, you know, wants to know more about Red Bible Training College, rbtc.org. Well, we're going to end today's broadcast like we win every, every broadcast here at Raymond. We're bringing hope, hope, help, and healing to the world. world.